Last time on Improv Tabletop, our three misting heroes, Shrew the Wasteful, Bartholomew the Keen, and Ellis the Mystic, had just left their home turf of the Breezeway, the beautiful abbey in the forest, so they could follow Lord Melis the Wise of the Badgers into the forest on their way to defeat Mustel the Stenchful, the terrible pirate lord who has just shown up on the shores. As they were traveling along, Ellis received a vision in which she saw the image of Logalog, the leader of the Gwosum Shrews, and decided they would go to the river so that they could travel a bit quicker to the ocean. As they were traveling towards the river, though, they heard some rustling off in the woods, and they were assailed by two cheese pushers sent by Mustel the Stenchful to try and take them out, a fox and a stoat. After a powerful and intense battle, they defeated the two assailants, left them tied up to a tree with broken kneecaps and one less ear than when they started. And as they were finishing their trek to the river, Ellis the Mystic received one more vision, a pair of eyes watching them, though only one of them actually seeing because the other was covered by a rhinestone-studded eye patch. What's going to happen as our heroes reach the river? Let's find out here in the world of Miceborn. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Connor Wood, homie to all wolves. Christian Randall, afraid of the ocean. And Thomas, seeking the mist's approval. Well, I mean, <laughs> the mists seem to approve of Alice the Mystic enough to start turning your fur white. Or disapprove. Ooh, uh-oh, glass half empty kind of situation. <laughs> mm. uh, Man, Alice just keeps getting more and more mystical, doesn't she? Mm. She is a mystic. Oh, yes. that's what that means. Literally, in the name. <laughs> yes, for any of our listeners who didn't catch on the first time Thomas made that joke, <laughs> uh-huh. welcome to the party. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we pick up with you guys as you are kind of cresting the final hill. And as you look down over the top of it, you can see in front of you the beautiful winding river. Though often you might see kind of a layer of fog over the top of the river. There's a lot more mist than you're used to seeing. I mean, obviously there's mist everywhere, but you can still see toiling about through the mists, leaving little trails behind them. This little tribe of shrews busying themselves with their log fairies. It seems like they're getting ready for a trip down the river. I turn to Lord Mellis the Wise and I go, Thank heavens we've made it in time. It seems we could possibly gain passage here. I, of course, I'm just going to keep this little stinker here all holed up inside me satchel. And he just grabs through the wasteful by the scruff of the neck, <gasps> dumps you onto his satchel and says, Now be quiet in there. We don't want any drama happening here. Yeah, that's a really good call. And I make a little zipper motion over my snout. I'll uh, saunter down and only bump into a few things, maybe trip over a root. Yeah, you, you kind of trip and you go sprawling into the campsite and the nearest shrew looks towards you and he says, Ah, look, look, we have visitors here. Hey, friends, it's uh, Bart. You know Bart, friendly old Bart, your friend Barty from the breezeway. Uh, I'm going to roll for him to see if he does know Bart. <laughs> he knows Bart. Ooh. He looks down, she's like, oh, Bart, it's been such a long time since I've seen you. Come, come, come. It's been a while since I had a snack at your abbey. How's the abbey doing? Oh, real bad, friend. We've got some people here who need some passage up of the river, and I was hoping to uh, wag a jaw at your log-a-log. Ah, of course, log-a-log. Come, speak with Bart. 
and Logalog, the leader of the shrews, he's got this kind of leather skull cap on top of his head with like tassels coming down. Uh, Ellis, he looks exactly like the image of the shrew that you saw in your vision earlier. Intriguing. Mm. I would have followed after as Bart waved us forward. It's all still very new to me, so I audibly gasp and put my hand to my chest and wrap my cloak a little tighter to myself as I inch forward to the conversation, not wanting to interrupt anything. Yeah, Logalog goes up and sees Bart and he goes, Ah, Bart, my boy, you're still as clumsy as ever, I see. And he reaches down a hand to pull you up. Well, if you didn't have all these roots lying around, I wouldn't be falling so much. Ah, uh, yes, I'll have to. I, I'm so sorry that I put them there in the first place. I'll have to <laughs> remove them next time. How inconsiderate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've heard tale of trouble near the water's edge, and we figured perhaps we may be able to get some help from our good friends the shrew uh, getting down there and we figured if uh, we paid well you wouldn't be against the idea ah payment that is what every shrew loves we are all greedy little sneaks (laughs) Uh, I'm actually giggling from the bag (laughs) but the greediest of the sneaks we kicked out long ago I'm so glad I'll never have to see him again and he spits on the ground and all the other shrews spit on the ground with him oh no if anyone has a really good like perception check they can definitely here giggling from the bag. Oh gosh. <laughs> but yeah, Logalog says, what kind of payment do you have in mind for us? Well, I know it's not much, but I just have a few meager handfuls of cheese here uh, for any of you soothers out there. Logalog looks at the Swiss and says, bye, that's no use to me. I'm a rioter over here. I like oh. to get the emotions up. Oh yes. Well, perhaps I could offer you my services and grant you a vision. Well, can you do that? <laughs> I've... I could certainly try to interpret one if the mists agree. Yeah, go ahead and roll to overcome with flashy and we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Ooh. I'm going to put that at a plus one. Plus one. All right. So you begin calling the mists around you and they start swirling and swelling. There's like crackles of lightning that begin to fizzle all throughout the mists around you. And all of the shrews start freaking out as this vision begins to coalesce. They start leaping under the logs, trying to get out of the way of whatever's going to happen here. And an image appears inside of the clouds and looks down at Loglog and says, Husband, you're no good, Kalupa. <laughs> And he looks up at the face of his deceased wife in terror and says, Oh, goodness, let's, let's get out of here. Quick, quick, quick. And he runs over to the logs and says, You guys, come along with me. We got to get away from here. Quick, quick, quick. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm still new at this. It's, I didn't mean. I'll grab her hand and I'll pull her along. <laughs> just real embarrassed and I'm just covering myself and trying to just look down at the ground running afterwards. Yeah, and Lord Melis follows along. Uh, he needs to get like his own log all to himself because he's just so massive. But yeah, you guys hop onto the logs here and start moving on your way down the river. And after things calm down a little bit, Logalog is taking a lot of deep breaths. He's on the ferry next to you guys. And he says, So you speak of trouble down at the ocean. What is happening? Pirates, I'm afraid. The worst kind of pirates. Ah, pirates. We have not had those in the area for such a long time. We will have to uh, take you only a little bit of the way because we don't have great relationships with the pirates. So we'll drop you off as close as we can, but uh, I'm going to have to steer clear of those pirates once we get close enough. Logalog, if you could take us as far as you possibly can, farther than you're comfortable, 
it could mean the difference between thriving and utter destruction. I'm really sweating in the bag. Like, it's hot in there. (laughs) And as you're sweating inside the bag, Lord Mellis, uh, he's got, like, one oar in each hand, and he's moving the entire log by himself, and he's like, It's true, Logalog. There's terrible things coming. Lord Mustel the Stenchful is milk-born. And all of the shrews give up a gasp as well. And Lord Mellis kind of chuckles to himself. He's like, I'm never going to get tired of that. (laughs) And continues rowing along. But you can see that even he's starting to get a little bit tired with his old age. And Loglog looks around and says, Ah, well then, let's get a little bit of a move on, shall we? And he reaches into his vest and he pulls out a can of Easy Cheese, a type of cheese that people have very strong emotions about. (laughs) (laughs) He he sprays it straight into his mouth, just like the guy from the Goofy movie. Leaning Tower of Cheese. Shadow (laughs) Wizzy. He goes through like that exact same motion as he's spraying the easy cheese into his mouth and he starts melting the cheese and all of you feel invigoration coming up inside of you and all the shrews around you. You can see they're rowing a little bit faster. They've got uh, an extra kick of energy inside of them now. I'm going to assist by just soothing everybody's fear or uncertainty as well. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Roll to overcome. Roll to... Hmm. Rely on my skills and training. (laughs) Well, to create an advantage with Flashy. That's a plus three. Very nice. So you working in tandem with Logalog, he's riding everybody's energy. You're soothing everybody's fears. And you guys just start getting to that flow state where you're just moving along. You're skimming across the top of the water. Is it like in Peter Pan when at the very end where they're just rowing as fast as they can and the oars <laughs> literally lift them over the water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're skipping your way along, creating a lot of noise as you're moving through the forest. Rowing past physics. <laughs> and as all of this noise is happening, eventually, Bart, you being the keen person here, you've been moving along and you notice something coming up on the side of the river. It appears to be like an inlet of some kind, this big hole in the side of the riverbank. And as you guys pass it, you see something moving inside of there and it slips down into the water and you can see it disturbing the surface of the river as it's trailing along along with you guys. Mm. I go over to Ellis and I tug on her vest a little bit and I say, I think we've got company. We're being followed. Is there anything that I can see? Yeah, roll to overcome with Clever to see what you can gather about your follower here. That's a zero. Zero. (laughs) Nope, minus one. Okay, yeah, you're looking behind there and you cannot see a thing. And Bart, like, you look back along with Ellis, and you see that the faint trails that were being left on the surface of the river have disappeared. Are you sure there was anything there to begin with? I mean, you weren't melting, were you? No, but I will now. I'm going to scamper to the end of the log, and I'm going to melt some Stilton. And I'm going to stick my head under the water, take a deep breath, melt some Stilton, and stick my head under the water to see what I can see. Yeah. Now, with uh, the failure on that overcome action, the options are to either fail or to succeed at a serious cost. I think a serious cost is going to be fun here. So you stick your head underneath the water, 
and you see at that exact moment this creature moving up rapidly from the riverbank directly towards the log that you're riding on top of. You can see the details of it. It is a rat-like creature, an aquatic, strange rodent. You can see that there are several areas of its body that the fur has completely just washed away. It's just this pale, blubbery skin, but there are patches of this long, stringy, damp fur. But the thing that is most disturbing is where its eyes are supposed to be. There have been two mozzarella string cheese sticks shoved through its eyes and out the back of its skull. No! Ned, you mad genius. It's an incheesitor. It's an incheesitor. So this is actually a combination of a couple different things. Uh, as my players have caught on, it is partially a Steel Inquisitor from the Mistborn series, but it is also based on the Gloomer, which is a strange creature from Mossflower, one of the Redwall prequels. Cool. <laughs> and you see this creature rocketing up from the bottom of the riverbank. It's got its jaws wide open, and it clamps them around your log from beneath and slams down with its teeth, and you feel the log that you're riding on shatter and break into two pieces and you and Ellis go flying off of it into the air. And I scream, it's the Dairy Inquisition! <laughs> Before I hit the water again. <laughs> and Lord Meles, as he sees this happening, he reaches out and he grabs Bart and Ellis with his paws and tosses you onto his log. And he starts rowing with all of his might. And he says, everyone, we'd do best to row even faster than we were before if you want to keep your life. So we're going to have not combat here, but we're going to enter into a contest with the Inchisitor. Awesome, awesome. I've looked up the Gloomer and it is terrifying. It is. So the way that a contest is going to work here is we have two separate teams. We've got you guys and we've got the Inchisitor and you're going to be rolling directly against each other. So each round of this contest, you guys are going to get to decide how you want to try and outrun the Inchisitor, and the Inchisitor is going to be rolling to try and catch you guys. Fair warning, the Inchisitor is very quick. <laughs> so, to remind you how team roles work, the one of you that has the highest approach that we're going to be using for that round will get to roll, and the other two, if you have at least a one in that approach, then you can add a plus one to the result of the person who's rolling. All that making sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, you guys are on your logs. The Inchisitor is swimming back behind you as fast as it can. You see it has like a bunch of splinters lodged in its teeth and it kind of spits some of them out and gives a shriek, goes back under the water and starts swimming after you in these serpentine motions. So, what would you guys like to do on this first round? I would like to scamper up to the front, still burning my stilton and use my quick perception and ever-burning wit to try and chart us a quick path that maybe will help us gain some ground through some twigs and rocks in the river. Yeah, for sure. So that sounds pretty clever to me. Shrew and Ellis, what are your clever approaches? Uh, mine is plus one. Plus two. All right, so each of you can add a plus one to Bart's result. Nice. So, Bart, go ahead and roll. That'll be a plus five in total for you, and the Inchisitor is going to roll with quick to try and catch up. That is a plus seven. <laughs> the Inchisitor also got a plus seven. Whoa. No way. I am going, do I still have Sword Dancer, or do those go away every session? Uh, boosts are only applicable during the situation in which they're created. Gotcha. Um, 
I will let the seven stand. Ooh. All right. So during a tie in a contest, the purpose of this is to try and get three victory points. First one to get three victory points succeeds in their contest. If you guys get three, you escape. If the Enchiser gets three, it catches up to you. During a tie, however, no one gets a victory point and an unexpected twist occurs. Oh boy, a twist. A twist and we've just begun. Yes, what that unexpected twist is going to be is, Bart, you're looking ahead and you're trying to navigate the best route. The problem with that is there's rapids coming up in the river. Oh boy. So you guys are going to have to navigate your way through these rapids as well. And with that, I'm also going to start a countdown. Oh no. Okay. As you're navigating through the rapids, you're going to have to beat it before the countdown reaches zero or else something bad's gonna happen. Okay, no. okay. knowing that and detecting the urgency of the situation, I'm gonna just go ahead and let myself out of the little bag. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, my contribution physically is more important than subterfuge at this point. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to set the counter at four. The counter is going to go down one every round and we'll see where we go from there. Okay. So that is our first round. What do we want to do for our second round? All right, my little shrewish friend. What have you got for us? Yeah, so I am going to sharply look to my right side and phone a friend, as it were. Ooh. Now, if I had paid better attention during training, hypothetically, I would have found my true passion in this physical kind of outlet. And of course, rowing would be a very important exercise. So I'm going to uh, reference that version of myself that is a lot more physically active and try to come up with a way that is the most velocity-driven, speed-forward kind of rowing technique we can get going to really just get cruising. So I'm essentially just trying to treat this as if I were an expert, when in reality, I don't know anything. But I'm burning the heck out of my cheese. Gotcha. Yeah, so you consult the most swole of your different selves, and he's like, don't worry, man, I got the technique for you right here and you grab a pair of oars and you and Melis start getting into a rhythm. But as a logalog sees that you've appeared, he glances over and above the din of the rapids, he's like, sure the wasteful. I know as soon as your incredibly unimaginative parents gave you your name that you were going to bring <laughs> nothing but danger and sadness to this clan. <laughs> ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm, I'm like rowing like a madman. I was born for this. All right. So that seems pretty forceful to me. So we're going to have you roll with forceful. Ellis and Bart, what are your forceful approaches? Plus two. Zero. All right. What are your quick approaches alternately? Because that is also a very quick kind of thing you might be doing. I'll, I'll let the choice be yours. One. Uh, one for me as well. And Shrew, what's yours? Mine is plus two. That looks like it's probably going to be our better option. You'd be rolling at a plus four with quick rather than forceful. Let's do that. So yeah, go ahead and roll with quick. And the gloomer is also going to keep rolling with quick. Already we got a positive five. Gloomer got a positive three. Hey. Nice. All right. So we mark one success on the side of our heroes. Don't team go. I am going to continue rowing and I don't know, look at Ellis like, you smell like you know what to do. I see that a lot's being done on this canoe already, this log, and I look around, I see that Logalog is frustrated, but focused on the task at hand. And I sort of sigh, stand up, turn around, 
and as I lower my hood, I walk to the back of the log, as far back as I possibly can, and I stand up, almost Titanic style, with my <laughs> arms outstretched. Before I know the role, I'm going to invoke the cheese stands alone, so I am the cheese. <laughs> this aspect of like, since I have changed, I truly am not a part of like, who I was, society, my friends, and I take this responsibility upon myself, so to speak. So I want to invoke that and using a fate point and try to soothe in the general area or soothe their urgency, rather their determination to come after us. Yeah, since you use flashy for your magics here, you can go ahead and roll with flashy. Bart and Shrew, what are your flashy approaches? Plus one. Plus one. All right, so Ellis, you'll be rolling at plus five, and then you get an extra plus two or a re-roll with your fate point. I'll see what my initial roll is first. I got a six. All right. The gloomer is going to roll with quick. Gloomer gets a plus six. Holy cow. So I'm going to add a plus two then for the cheese stands alone. So I am the cheese to get a plus eight. Let's go. Yeah, you reach back with your lactomantic powers and you try and touch the mind of the Enchisitor. It's strange. It's got like these weird defenses around its mind that makes it kind of hard to get through. But you push in with that final little bit, knowing that this is your duty and you can feel its emotions slap in a little bit and it slows down just a little giving you guys a bit of a head start i feel like the alienness of the mind is really like disconcerting to me as well though so it like i have to catch my breath or like i fall to a knee or something like that yeah you feel winded a little bit you watch the mists like moving around your canoe and creating these whirlpools above where you can see the Enchisitor swimming after you. They push down on the surface, almost like the mist is trying to physically hold back the Enchisitor. Mm. All right, next round, what do we want to do? Um, seeing how we've added some substantial weight to the back of the log, no offense, Ellis. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I see that we're kind of getting at a good angle, so I'm going to actually kidnap Shrew the Wasteful. Oh, cool. Manhandle him to the back of the boat, twist his tail up, and then let it go so it spins really fast and gives us a propeller forward. Wow. I've seen it in cartoons. It's gotta work. You're lucky I'm double-jointed. Okay, yeah. That seems like a pretty clever way of approaching this with your knowledge of cartoon physics. You know, Redwall was a cartoon at one point. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and roll with Clever. That's going to be a plus five like it was last time. The Enchisitor is going to once again roll with Quick. The fates are against me as I got a plus two. You're breaking genre. <laughs> <laughs> the Enchiser got a plus five. Um, I will re-roll that, spending one of my fate. All right. Which aspect are you going to invoke here? I'm going to invoke. I can hear your baggage from here. Mm. This guy's got problems. <laughs> I can tell. You don't say. I mean, for one, he's got cheese in his face. I bet he's been made fun of for that in the past. Mm. Number two, male pattern baldness is just as prevalent if not more so this this guy's going through it as well losing a lot of his hair so i can just hear his baggage and i can tell if we can just break his morale a little bit by winning this one i think we'll pull ahead so i'm gonna i'm gonna invoke i can hear your baggage from here all right psychological warfare against the enchisitor if he doesn't get this win he's done for (laughs) (laughs) well 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 that's not often something you see all four dice are exactly the same (gasps) four minuses no Oh, baby. <laughs> He's declaring psychological warfare right back. 
And then I see my reflection in the water. Am I thinning? <laughs> Am I the monster? <laughs> yeah, so the Inquisitor with this realization, like you guys are up two, he's at zero. If you guys get one more victory point in this contest, you win and that is it for him. So he realizes that moment, I gotta push through all of my insecurities. And when you succeed with style during a contest, which the Inchiser has, you gain two victory points. Oh, boys. This is it. Next roll is all that counts. Yep, we're currently tied two to two. And our timer ends. Yeah, the timer has been going down. It's getting really close. Like, as you've been battering around through these rapids, the logs have been getting, like, chunks knocked out of them. There have been splinters flying all over the place. You don't have long before your logs are just, like, disintegrating among these rocks here. All right, so I'm going to ditch what we've been doing because it's not working against this guy. I am going to use my stunt full flare to completely hand off control of my body and my life to the smart one. The more intelligent <laughs> version of myself, what I would have been. I'm just I, I don't think this is a thing that you can do in Mistborn, but it's my stunt and I'm doing it. But Redwall, who knows? Right? Yeah, Redwall. And an improv tabletop I mean, we make it up as we go anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I'll say since you're passing it off to a different version of yourself, I'll say the mechanical effect of this will be you can change your plus three approach to any approach you would like it to be for this round here. Cool. I'm tempted to go clever, but I know we already have Bartholomew there. I'm actually going to make it quick because I would like to quickly save us. (laughs) So the idea is that the physical stuff, uh, again, our boat is just falling apart, so I'm handing it off to the smarter version of myself who is going to look for our kind of, I'm going to try and Sherlock Holmes' biz real quick. Uh, (laughs) What kind of options around me do I have for something I could use either to trap the guy behind us or to get us like too sure away from this man. I'm, I'm just thinking like, is there ropes? Is there a pulley system on this little log by chance? So what you see as you're looking up ahead, like Bart has been looking down at the rapids trying to find the best course. Mm. You trying to look outside of the river, you see you're reaching a point where it's going down into a bit more of a gulch and you can see there's this one place where there are a number of fallen trees that have become wedged up in the gulch above you. They're hanging on by just a few loose stones there on the sides of the gulch. Okay, let's get them over there somehow. All right, uh, 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 what do I do? What would I do if I was smart? If I was smart, I would say, we gotta go that way, but like in a smart way. Yeah, you tap Lord Mellis on the shoulder, you point him in that direction, he looks up, he sees the trees, and he gives you a knowing nod, and you start moving in that direction go ahead and roll with quick that being your plus three currently bart and ellis what are your quick approaches plus one minus one how do you have a minus one? Oh, i mean zero <laughs> it's my worst one my zero <laughs> okay yeah so that is going to be a plus four then for you okay i got a six six the enchiser is going to roll it gets a seven <gasps> Okay. I would like to invoke Honor Bound to snoop around and just double check, see if we got any sort of advantages <laughs> floating around real quick. 
Yeah, you look down into the river here and you see, what's that? A large pole that I could use to jam loose some of those rocks holding up all the trees? Yeah, I'm gonna quickly grab that <laughs> and do just that. All right, <laughs> that brings you up to a plus eight versus the Inquisitor's plus seven. Yes. So you're sailing towards the side of the gulch. You're getting dangerously close to bashing up against the rocks on the side, but Lord Mellis is keeping you on track. He's like using the oars to push you away from the rocks as you get too close. What a boss. And you reach up with the pole and you knock loose the rocks just as you're passing under it. And like in slow motion, you guys hit a bit of spray there and you go flying up out of the river. The Inchisitor right behind you leaps onto that rock with its claws. It digs in. You can see little flakes of rock chipping away beneath its claws with the force. And it pulls itself up into a leap after you guys. And at that exact moment, the roots of the first tree smack it right in the eyes between the two mozzarella sticks. <laughs> and it accordions into itself because we've established that there's cartoon physics in this episode of the campaign. Mama Mia. That tree falls on top of it and the next tree comes down and smacks it right in the center of its back. You hear a cracking noise that hits the spine mm. and all of the other trees just avalanche down on top of the Incheeser and pin it down to this rock that it just leaped off of and you can see it still on top of the rock buried underneath all these tons of damp wood clawing at the rock trying to pull itself free as it screeches at you but you guys are able to get away safely, leaving the Inquisitor trapped behind you. Wow. We should not have survived that. <laughs> Statistically speaking, we should not have lived through that. True. Yes. There's a moment I wanted to kill you. Right. But now I'm just grateful, so uh, thank you for saving us. You're very welcome. I can absolutely assure you I will behave a lot more logically from here on out. And you hear a voice from one of the other logs saying, I would hope you would behave more logically from here on out, shrew the wasteful. Uh, yeah, now it's, uh, it's shrew the wise, actually. <laughs> Logalog rolls his eyes so hard you can hear it, and he goes, I doubt that so entirely. And Lord Mellis actually reaches out with his paw and places it around your shoulder, and he says, I've been wise for a while now, and I think it might be an accurate descriptor for our little friend here. I like that. Logalog kind of blanches at that, <laughs> and you hear a bunch of the other shrews start chittering and trying to get their word in, and Logalog reaches into his vest and pulls out a shiny black rock and holds it up, and all the other shrews stop speaking, and they're like, oh, dang it, he's got the speaking rock. <laughs> that is an actual thing from Redwall. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Logalog says... Well, I would still like to see this here blackguard stand trial for his indiscretions against the clan. Yeah, I can do that. But first, we gotta save what's left of Breezeway. And you guys, if this red pirate gets whatever stockpile of cheese he's after, what kind of mayhem and nonsense is he gonna rule by? He's out for blood. He's out for control. We gotta do something about this and we can squabble about petty thieves like myself once it's all said and done. <laughs> Roll to overcome with, I'll say forceful. That was a pretty impassioned argument you just made there. Cool, I got positive one. May I assist him? How would you like to do that? I reach into my pack and I put on my shrew disguise <laughs> and I say, yeah, I think he's got a really good point. All right, that can give you a plus one there. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, Loglog is also going to roll with Forceful to try and convince his comrades 
And Ellis, you being of the soothing persuasion, the kind of person who's used to manipulating other people's emotions, you notice that Logalog begins melting his cheese whiz as he begins <laughs> his counter statement, trying to rile up all of the other shrews to his side. God dang it. Yeah, he uh, uses a fate point to invoke his easy cheese melting to get a plus two to this roll. Let's see what it is. That is actually only a plus one. <gasps> oh my. You did it. Seeing that it's not doing a terribly good effect, I slump into the back of the canoe and I put my head on its side, just exhausted, seeing that my compatriots have this handled for the time being. Yeah. So Logalog, seeing that his argument to try and persuade the other shrews to come out against you, sees that he's not really getting any response. He looks around angrily and then with kind of a huff, he sits back down on the log and just keeps running. Going along. You made the right choice, Logalog. Once this is all said and done, I'll face your judgment. But for now, we got a job to do. Onward, toward the ocean. Yeah, so you guys continue rowing along. You've got most of the other shrews on your side at this point as well, so they're okay with taking you a little bit further towards the ocean. Logalog himself is still pretty unhappy with this entire situation. Understandable. But yeah, you guys continue along the way until eventually you see the gulch that you're in evens out until it's just kind of flat plains on either side of you with just sparse scrubland the terrain. You can see that you're getting closer as the soil starts turning into sand and the ocean is just on the horizon there. As we approach the ocean here and you can start to see a speck in the distance growing larger and larger into the form of the pirate ship that you were told about, let's set some situational aspects for the site of our final battle here. <laughs> so Bart the Keen, you being the most perceptive of the group, what is something that you see or notice about this beach as you start arriving? I notice the most dangerous predator, the most fearsome creatures. No. Crabs. No. Crabs scuttling everywhere, walking sideways, clicking and clacking their claws. Cannot trust them. They're shifty creatures. Absolute Kremlings. Absolute. Yeah. So the aspect I'm going to create here will be called living caltrops. <laughs> yes, I love that. That's amazing. So they're going to make the terrain maybe a little bit more difficult for you guys to move around in, but also more difficult for your opponents to move around in. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So go ahead and roll unmodified against a difficulty of zero to see how many free invokes you might get. Plus three. Yay! Success with style. You get two free invokes on living caltrops. The crabs are on our side. Let's go over to Shrew the Wise. What is something that you see here on the beach? I see what looks like, all right, all right, all right. What time of day is it? Uh, it's getting pretty dark at this moment. Uh, you left kind of bright and early in the morning. Took you a while to get to the river. The trip down the river took a while as well. So the sun is just beginning to set over the horizon. You can see it's just starting to reach that time of day where like the green flash appears as the sun goes down beneath the ocean casting all of its golds and ambers across the waves. I don't mean to like spark too many implications or anything, but can I say I see a large celestial body flying towards the earth <laughs> on the horizon? Uh, yeah. Oh look, the moon is falling. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call this aspect Majora's Mask. Cool, cool, yeah. You see this giant piece of space rock hurtling towards the ground. Yeah, I just figured if we're getting into prophecy and stuff, there's probably going to be some sort of like, I don't know, biblical event or something <laughs> yeah. going on. Yeah, go ahead and 
roll unmodified against a difficulty of zero for Majora's Mask. Cool. Majora's oh, that is Mask. <laughs> positive one. All right, so you guys get one free invoke. Off a celestial body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we stop the scourge, the world is still doomed. <laughs> what I don't done? know. Maybe it's just a comet or something. Yeah, it'll just pass really low. Yeah, could be. The Shrew's Comet. Mm-hmm. And finally, Ellis the Mystic. What's something you see here on the beach? So that celestial body, I mean, yeah, it's up there, yeah. you know, and I see it, but <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. We'll worry about that later. <laughs> yeah, like one thing at a time. <laughs> The thing that really is on brand for Ellis the Mystic is they see along the sand and almost skimming across the water, the mists seem to be undulating, almost as if it's alive or there's a person in the mists type of a thing. Like sometimes it'll form, but then break at the last second before forming a silhouette, if that makes sense. But like, it's not just random movement, so to speak. It's purposeful randomness with the idea of Ellis sometimes makes things up in her mind because she looks <laughs> too far into things. <laughs> yeah, so there's something interesting happening with the mist here. It's more concentrated the closer you get to this ship. To these pools of water, if you will. Yeah, you don't necessarily know what exactly is happening here, but I'm going to create the aspect, what are you made of? What is this mist made of? Go ahead and roll unmodified against difficulty of zero. Plus three. Ooh. Another two free invokes for you guys. You guys are looking pretty well prepared for this final confrontation with Mustel the Stenchful. We hope we are. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? So I also am going to create an aspect here. I don't often do that during this section, but one thing that you notice the closer you get to that ship, there is this sulfurous stench that begins to pervade the air the closer you get to the ship. And you start to maybe get a sense of, oh, hey, maybe there's a reason why this guy has his title. <laughs> Just this sulfurous brimstone-like smell that pervades your nostrils. So I'm going to create the aspect sulfur and brimstone. Going to roll for Mustel the Stenchful to see how well he does. Only gets a plus one, so the enemy gets one free invoke on that. I know brimstone. That is not brimstone. <laughs> Didn't come off no stone neither. <laughs> There's always a consequence to melting. <laughs> Oh no, he's milkborn and lactose intolerant. Oh no! <laughs> so you guys begin getting close to the campfires that you can see dotted on the seashore here. And you see that there are a bunch of figures that kind of raise up as you start to get close. But one of them towers above the other and holds out a hand to the others for them to hold back and begins striding alone towards you across the sands. With each step, the mists displacing out of the way in massive waves off to the side, leaving just this scar in the mists themselves as he walks towards you, the stench wafting on the wind as he comes. And I think that is where we're going to pick up next time. Ooh. <laughs> This is the strangest blend of gravity and stupidity. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that thing you created was horrifying, and we were doing cartoon physics. Yeah, uh, it's you got to have gravity and levity in a proper mixture with each other. Keep it fresh. Yeah, I'm very excited to see where this ends up going. As am I. But for now, thanks everybody for listening to Improv Tabletop, and we'll be back next week with the thrilling conclusion 
continuation of our adventures in the world of Miceborn. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as everybody was to finally get away from that and cheese it Yes. <laughs> if you would go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag ImpTabSetting or hashtag ImpTabAspect. Let's do a round of plugs. As always, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play. Thomas here is the dungeon master of that podcast, and he's doing a phenomenal job, if I dare say so myself. You're too kind. Too kind. Ah, uh, I don't think so. But anyway, <laughs> we also have on this same channel another show that we do, which is our Avatar Legends campaign. Christian's part of that, along with Caleb and McKenna, and we're having a lot of fun with that as well. It's a very fun new system. I recommend giving that a listen so that you can get a sense of how the rules work. You're going to fall in love with them and you're going to wish that you could play it all the time like Thomas keeps telling me. Yes and like I want to use my skills and training in this <laughs> campaign that we're doing right now. Yeah so listen to those Avatar episodes. The other thing that I would like to plug is the beauty of the Metroidvania video game genre. Bless. <laughs> it has a self-awareness to it that is so lovely. <laughs> I recently got Guacamelee and Dead Cells. Both of them have been lots of fun. Amazing games. And in Guacamelee, you run into these Chuzo statues that you get your powers from. Just like in Metroid, you've got the Chozo statues. And then like in Dead Cells, Connor and I were just talking the other day, you can pick up a weapon that is a nail the weapon from Hollow Knight and you can use it to do like the iconic downward strike from Hollow Knight. I just love seeing all of these Metroidvania games referencing each other, just kind of building up the joy of this community. It's lots of fun. Connor, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yes, there is. You guys know who David Lynch is? He's a director. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's also freaking insane. I love this man so much. He tells the weather every single day for LA, just over YouTube or whatever. And every single Friday, he'll, he'll start off with that. May 6th, 2022. And if you can believe it, it's a Friday once again. And he does that every week and he shakes the camera while he's like getting right up in it. And I love that man so much and I just want to protect him. Anyway, check out David Lynch's weather reports on YouTube. <laughs> also, if anyone could just meet up with David Lynch and teach him how to use RPG Maker, I think that'd be the funniest thing ever. All right, I'm done. Wow. Can you imagine? We've plugged some pretty obscure things on this show, but that one's taking the cake right now. He's got me so hyped for Friday every single week. Let's see. Christian, is there anything that you would like to plug? Absolutely. I plugged book series that I liked the last few times, and this time I'm going to plug writing. It is one of the few art forms that you really don't need anyone else for. If you want to act, you need people. If you want to sing, you need an audience, you need music, you need things to get you singing. If you want to write, you just got to sit down and do it. If you've ever had an idea, if you've ever thought, I, you know, I could write a book, you probably can. You just haven't yet. So my plug is just write it. And as Brandon Sanderson says, write it bad. Just get it out. <laughs> Put it on paper and do it. There you go. I love that. Thomas, is there anything that you would like to plug? Just to take to heart what is about to be said of much love and stuff. 
That's all. <laughs> Very poignant. Heed these words. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks yeah, so much. Verily, heed the words of our glorious <laughs> game master. Mm, that's placing me on a pretty high pedestal there. <laughs> so I'm For he def- shall speak above the masses <laughs> and bring wisdom to thine ears auditorially. Yep, yep. Lots of promises being made for me right here, right now. But thanks, everybody, for joining us here in the world of Miceborn this week. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Connor Douglas Wood, Ants Do Not Sleep. Christian Randall, Ants Smell Very Bad. And Thomas, a recipient of auditory wisdom. And verily did Ned say unto the masses, much love and stuff. (laughs) We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. sound like you've changed it so many times <laughs> in episode one you're like hey there ma i'm bartholomew and then <laughs> later on you're like oh yeah i'm just gonna take shrew's accent because that's the one i'm hearing most times <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really good at disguises <laughs> it is yeah it's part of the disguise thing i'm just practicing my accent an accent makes uh, a man yes exactly yes. <laughs>